You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Okay, something very important that is coming up from all we're saying, so we just understand it. I didn't think we'll get into it this evening. But um, uh, Philippians 2, that we have the scripture that says that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Okay, let's have it on the screen. Um, just verse 10. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. It's okay. Now, I want us to learn something this evening or clarify something. At the name of Jesus is not primarily at the sound of the name of Jesus. You know, I also misquote that. It was my wife that, you know, brought it to my attention. Most of us quote that scripture at the mention of the name of Jesus. Every knee bows. You know, that's what most of us say. It's because we have been... Configure to think that is the sound of the name of Jesus that makes every knee to bow. Praise the Lord. The scripture says, didn't say at the mention of the name. It says at the name of Jesus. Now, I want to ask you, um, when Daniel was put in the lion's den, did he have the name of Jesus? So what made the lions bow? I want to ask you another question. When um, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were thrown into the fire, did they call on the name of Jesus? Did they spell out Jesus like we do? You know, it's about to be an accident. That works. There's about to be an accident. You shout Jesus. True. And we must do that because there's power when we call on that name. But most importantly, from what we are learning here, the name of the Lord is a strong tower so if it's raining now can i say my house and i have shelter i have to get into my house now i just want you to expand we will not stop calling the name praise the lord but i want you to expand the application of that name It's beyond a sound to the nature of jesus jesus is a person he's a personality he is the head of all principalities and powers beyond the sound. In other words, if you make the sound but you don't have the nature, you're making noise. I get in it now. If you make the sound but you're not living the nature, you're not located there. Okay? Um, some time ago, uh, Pastor Chris brought his uh, dog to the office. Yes, I remember that. And I asked the name of the dog. You know, I think I like dogs. So I approached the dog, and I was saying, what's the name again, Pastor Green? Champ. So I approached the dog, think I have the name. Champ. The dog almost beat me. Was it the name of the dog? It was the name. But I did not have authority. I had not developed the relationship. If that same dog, I took, you know, biscuit, I was standing with the owner, and gave it some bones, and familiarize myself with champ, you know, and as I'm giving it the food, I'm saying champ, you know, then from there, there'll be some affinity. 
Now, after that, if I say champ, champ will recognize my voice and associate me with the owner and associate me with being friendly and not a threat. Then champ will not try to bite me. Many times we call the name of Jesus like the way I borrowed that name, champ. Is somebody getting now? Is it, is it a wonder that so many people say they are Christians and, you know, there is nothing happening? The name is powerful, but the name has authentication. Just like the, we learned from the book of Acts with the seven sons of Sceva. You spoke all the words right, but we don't know you. Who are you? Who gave you the right to call the name? Praise the Lord. So now, as we are learning, you know, abiding, it's important we're talking about is a location. That location is not, um, is not Shiloh. It's not uh, Eden. It's not uh, campground. You know, some people also have that mind. If I just get to so-so place, this will happen. If I just get to this place, that will happen. No, it's not that kind of location. It's a place of faith. It's a place where you are dwelling in the secret place. Remember, God is spirit. Praise the Lord. And that is why what we are learning now is this. The Bible says, faith walked by love. And the Bible says, God is what? So once I step out of love, I've stepped out of that location. Are we getting in there? So all the shaking is to make you to become hardened. And then you become hardened. Momchi, you are not here. I told them about our friend that when she wants to pay people, give people money to do a job, she will tell them that they'll be cursed if they take... Do you understand? You see, it's an extreme position, you know. But I mean, maybe some people need it because some people are so mean. But whatever they need, don't become mean. That's the point. Don't become mean. I get it now. Because you see, God has a nature. And that nature is love. And what the enemy is doing is to get us to be drawn out of that love and say, you know, by fire, die. My enemy fall and die. I'm sure you know those prayers are not going to the God of heaven. Because God's desire for his enemies is that they repent and come to the knowledge of the truth. But you see, provocation, and when you see the people praying, they'll tell you what these people have done to them. So in essence, they've justified their coming out of the house. They've left the place. And they're now playing on the same level with the enemy. You see, praise God. We have something written here. Matthew 24, please. 12 to 13, let's see. It says, and because of lawlessness, the love of many will wax cold, will grow cold. What is this going to achieve? It's going to achieve you and I losing that nature of God. And the devil knows. And once that nature is lost, the backing of God is no longer there. Every other thing you're doing is flesh. And mind you, flesh can do quite a bit. But it cannot achieve the purposes of God. For the Bible told us the wrath of man cannot, does not, will not, what? Produce the righteousness of God. So you might do things, but you can't do it, you know, the way that will produce a result that is what God wants. Are we getting it? Praise God. So that place, what we are learning is to help us remain so when it now matters and you place a demand on that name, you call on that name, everything will align. Both the nature and the sound and the name and everything will align and power will be released. Somebody say amen. amen. So that's where, you know, we really need to get to. And that's where God is taking us to in Jesus' name. Okay? Okay, let's read Romans 8, 18, please. We'll take it from there. 
Romans 8, 18. So just read it, 18 and 19. It says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. You see, the time we are in, everyone is suffering. Everyone is experiencing the shaking in different dimensions. But you see, creation, you are not ordinary creation. You are the redeemed creation. Okay? So, they now are suffering and there is nothing in their future. But the Christian has a future. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus... The author and the finisher of our faith. Who for what? For the joy that was set before him. The unbeliever has no joy ahead of him. Do you understand? So if you allow yourself to be, you know, squashed into the same category and mindset that the unbeliever is in. You see, you make nonsense of your faith. Because for every suffering, Paul speaking says, these light afflictions. What are they doing? They are working for us a far heavier weight of glory. So the Christian knows that every suffering, every affliction, every pain, every denial that he experiences is working for him. The unbeliever doesn't know that. That's why the Bible can now tell us that earnest expectation of creation is waiting what? For the manifestation of the sons of God. Why? We are the hope. We are the answer. Jesus said you and I are the salt of the earth. You and I are the light of the world. Okay, where there's a problem is when we salt and light, instead of becoming salt in the soup, I join beans, I become beans in the pot. What will happen to the food? <laughs> eh? It will become tasteless. That's what it is. So, but the point we need to take here is this. The times we're in, and you know, so, someone, I think it was Rogers, many years ago, asked me a question. He said, Pastor, all these things we're praying, let things be better, let things be better. Didn't the Bible say things will deteriorate? As we get closer to the end, praise the Lord. You know, that's what it says. But remember the scripture we read. Our Lord Jesus made it clear to you. It says, in the world you have what? But in me you have peace. So just like the ark illustration, the flood was getting everywhere. But inside the ark wasn't flooded. However, for those of them that were in the ark, when the carnivorous animals got into the ark, there was a condition of them saying that they will no longer be carnivorous. God can't save you as lion, and you finish all the other animals God is saving. What will be the point? He will kill you now. <laughs> you understand? You say you're a lion, then you start eating everything there. There will be wahala. So even though we are shielded from the tribulation, there is a nature we have to imbibe. Praise God. There's a nature, there's a constraint, and that is why part of the, the, the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. So, Paul begins to say to us, he says, all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. So, the lion should eat the goat, okay? But if the lion eats the goat, the whole mission is aborted. So, the lion remains in the ark eating grass. I've seen a few posters where some people say, no matter how the economy of the jungle changes, the lion will not eat grass. Answer them, tell them in the ark, lion ate grass. Praise God. Yes. And that is what the times are calling. There is a place we get into, and it's no longer about us. Like we read uh, Galatians 2, we can look at it again, Galatians 2.20. It says, I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ, what? Lives in me. So, I've been crucified, but I live. 
yet it's not I, but it's Christ that is living in me. So a situation comes up, a circumstance comes up, what is going to manifest? If I've been crucified, then I can't manifest anymore. Praise the Lord. And this manifestation we are talking about, part of it is our even noticing what is going on. Our hearing it, it becoming a bother. Because some of these things are purely in the mind. Okay? So we look at what is going on, and we see that God in his scriptures made provisions. We are not surprised. The sufferings of this present time, there will be sufferings, there will be distresses, there will be uncomfortable situations. And even in the whole thing now, like we noted on Sunday, some of us, this um, time we're in, is not an economic test for us. Because by the mercy of God, you know, so, some of us here, may, God has blessed us beyond where, even if uh, fuel becomes, uh, I understand in Mozambique is 1,000 something naira, equivalent of 1,000 something naira liter. It, it won't be a big deal for you, okay? But there's still a test for you. You know why? Let me tell you something. God is our maker, isn't he? And then for us, God is our father. So for all of us that are here, we have God as our father. All of us, like my wife would say, our son name is Wachuku. You know what Wachuku means? God's child. <laughs> Praise God. Now, which father will leave his children and then this child has barely enough to eat? And then this child has so much to eat that he's watching his weight or he finishes eating and has to take those teas. You know those teas that people take to lose weight? So you eat five times a portion, and then you take tea and porch. This brother here eats one-fifth of the portion, and he has to drink water to maintain it. And you know each other, and your brethren. Which kind of father would do that? Will he be responsible? Now, do you know what is going on? Where this brother has one-fifth to eat is a test for him. How he look at you. He's being tested for envy. He's being tested for jealousy. He's been tested for, you know, witchcraft. Do you have a village, eh? Those people in the village that get into witchcraft because your father's house is big. That's what he's been to. You now, that you're eating five times what he's eating and you're seeing him leaning, they're testing you for compassion, for love, for sympathy. Everybody is in the exam. Some time ago, we learned that the opposite of love is not hate. He doesn't hate him. This person that has five times doesn't hate this brother. It's just that when he looks at him, he doesn't think he's the same God that made two of them. He's not his brother. So it's a test. Praise God. It's a test. Everybody's in the test. Some of us are being tested from the lack side. Some of us are being tested from the abundance side. Some of us are being tested. We've said it here. You know, God is not a man. Praise the Lord. Everybody. The Bible says, you know, he'll be found without fault when he judges. So at the end of the day, nobody can stand before God and say, oh, no, my own case was terrible. No, nobody's case will be terrible because by the time they show you, you see that you wrote the same exam with everybody. All be from different areas. Okay? And ultimately, what that test is about is the nature of Christ. We learned some time ago that God's hope and purpose when he made us, he said, let us make man in our, and according to our, that's where we're running towards. Praise God. Okay, let's look at the scripture. Deuteronomy 8. Deuteronomy 8, very good scripture to have, you know, at this time. It says um, from 1, 
Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. Two. Let's read two together. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether you keep his commandments or not. Three. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that it might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. If you go home, you can read further down. It says your garments did not wear, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. What is God saying here? We are told you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. Okay. God knows you're here. God knows subsidy has been removed. God knows you live in Nigeria. God knows there is no electricity. God knows everything. Praise the Lord. So your situation and circumstance, heaven is not unaware. Now, if heaven is aware, why haven't they immediately intervened and pulled you out? It's a test. This is, it says, who led them all the way? In the wilderness is God. So they were there. So when they were hungry, God was looking at them to hear what they would say. When the water was bitter, God knew the water was bitter. He was listening to hear what they would say. It was a test. And what was the test about? He said to know what was in their heart. That's what we're learning. Now, 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 if you're like me, I said it before, but let nobody misunderstand. I like shortcuts. If you're like me, and you know that they are going to test you to know what's in your heart. Then just tell him what is in your heart before the test. So there won't be need for the test, Baba. So every step you take, you say, for the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. And his mercy. And you just keep saying it so that they won't bother testing you. You don't like shortcuts. If you're saying, Lord, show me, show me. Then you people will be testing, testing all the time. <laughs> Isn't it? He said to know. We've learned here that God, sometimes God wants to know. He's omniscient, right? But sometimes he wants to know. Well, he wants you to know. Because he already knows. That's the case with Abraham. He said, now I know. He knew. But Abraham knew himself. So they recorded for you and I. He says to test you to know what was in your heart. Whether you keep his commandments or not. If God will find out that you, no matter what happens, you will not disobey him. Nothing will happen. That is when you come to a place of stability. A place where the Lord knows that this one, there is no need. Even the devil also knows that this one, there is no need. Listen, when you see me here talking some things, it's not that that's what is a confession of faith. I don't care, I don't care. It's because I want the Lord to know that me, my heart is gone. You're all I want. Do you understand? So that they won't apply to test me. <laughs> don't you understand? They applied to test Peter. Don't we read the Bible? Peter said, if everybody here forsakes you, me, I will never forsake you. If Peter has said, Lord Jesus, give me grace to follow. I cannot do this, you know. Lord, help me. There won't be any application. But Peter said, me, me and me, Peter. <laughs> he said, it's his turn. <laughs> Peter said it's his turn to show. All these people are small boys. So Satan said, let's find out. He applied. 
Let's check what Peter said, whether it's true. Do you understand? He said to test you to know what was in your heart, whether you keep his commandment. So wisdom is that you pursue obedience to the level where there is no negotiation. Some of us are the place where if God removes a bit of comfort from us now, we will curse God. We will stop coming to church. We will drop in our faithfulness. Everything will change. The test will keep coming. But when you get to the point where heaven knows that, no, this one is sold out. No matter what happens, the test will ruin. The test never ends because we never attain on this side of eternity. Praise the Lord. But, but you see, there are dimensions. You understand these things. So it's never, ah, why are all these things happening to me? Once it's happening, you know it's a test. You immediately key in to the marking scheme. What are they looking for here? They want humility. We've learned it here, right? You can't go wrong with humility. They want patience. They want long-suffering. They want gentleness. They want you to be self-denied. Do you know that one of the quickest ways you can get out of a difficult situation is to think about other people and pray for them more than yourself? Because once you do that, you join the league of God. It's, you know, we're discussing about some prayers that people pray. Every prayer is about themselves. They will continue to be at the very low level. Do you understand? But when you get into intercessory, you get into the place where you're talking with God, where you're on the side, where God is saying, how do we solve this problem? Praise the Lord. And you see, you get there by catching the father's heart. David was a man who we, we can learn so much from, you know. But when David needed to fight the most important personal battle for his life, he drew back. Saul wanted him dead. Only David dead. Not his men. Just, I want to kill David. David has Saul to kill. David didn't kill Saul. But if anybody touches any other uh, Israelite, David will go and fight him. That's the heart of God. There's a secret there. When you see some people, always themselves, they've not come up. They have no position in the spirit. When you go up in the spirit, they will give you assignments. They'll give you things to do. And as you do those things, your God, yourself. Didn't David say, let me build God a house? And God said to David, sit down, I will build you a house. You've been fighting my battles. Will I be a bad employer? After your long death, there will not fail to be sit a man of your seed on the throne. If all the time you fought my battles, you didn't fight your own. The only time he was to fight his own, he didn't fight. He said, I cannot. This is the Lord's anointed. He honored God. So every time God looked at David, he saw his employee. He saw a faithful employee. So God was thinking for David. And some of us are thinking for ourselves too much. Every conversation we have with God is about ourselves. Me, myself, and I. This is my month. That's why I don't say it here. This is my week. And then I wonder, it has been their week since seven years ago. This is my family's week. This is my... And the, the thing has never stopped. Doesn't it tell you that Siri is not hearing? What's the other one for? Siri is uh, iPhone. What's the one for? Alexa. They are not hearing that command. My family this week. And the people are not thinking. No growth, no development, no character, no transformation. Just a lot of noise. God will help us. Okay? So he said, this is why. I love it when the Bible gives us reason. You know, it says the secret things belong unto the Lord, but the things which are revealed. So all of that is to test my obedience. Isn't that what it says? So in the marriage, things go in a particular way. It's not your husband or your wife that is on trial. It's you. 
testing your obedience. Because you came to the altar and said, I will love this woman. God, give me this woman. You know, whenever you take a wife or a husband, you take them from their parents as a Christian. And you say, God, watch me show to the devil. Remember that Paul compared the mystery of marriage to the mystery of the church and the Christ. So every Christian, you know, couple listening to me, the responsibility is beyond you. Do you understand? It's beyond you. You you must prove to heaven that this thing you took, ah, no, I'm a witness. So when you see Christian couples saying he doesn't have money, uh, he's useless, marry him useless. Prove to the world that you're a different species of woman, that you have the spirit of Christ in you. Show him love, honor him, respect him, even in his pennilessness or his penury. Do you understand? And the same thing for the man. You know, it's interesting how the society, I mean the average society, not, okay, the born-again society will excuse a woman for disrespecting the man when he doesn't bring money, but blame the man for harassing the woman when she doesn't have a child. It's the same thing. We accept whatever it is. We know that we are under God. Now, I'm not making excuses for irresponsibility because part of what we're going to learn is this. Faith walketh by love. If as a man, you look at your wife and you look at your children and they're hungry and you're not ready to go and push barrel to bring food for them, you have failed the test of love. It's not your children that will go and sell orange. You will go. You keep them. Say, wait, I'm coming. You go roll your sleeve. Say, waiting, we go do the boy social media inside there here. No, that's it. Because we balance it. It's all balanced together. You say they here because you have to bring food home. It doesn't matter whether you're an architect, you're, you're this or whatever. You go and do what you need to do. God looking at that will see your faith and open up doors for you. Praise the Lord. Because why? You're trying to be faithful to the covenant that God is supervising. Hallelujah. Okay, so wilderness is a test to see whether I will obey God. The same way even abundance is also a test whether you obey God. So really, everything we're doing is a test. God says, remember the Lord your God. Okay, for it is he that gives you the power to make world, right? Then in another place, it says, after you have eaten and are well fed. He said, in fact, that's what he said before. He says, remember. It's the same test. So in the prosperity, don't kick back and say, I close this deal. The deals you're closing when God started prospering you. Why didn't you close it in your penury? All of a sudden, you become a master deal closer. <laughs> Praise the Lord. If you ponder enough over your life, you know that the things that happen in your life are first spiritual before they come to this level. Let me tell you my experience. I've said it here before. And I say, this is on the opposite side. When I got born again and um, I was on the bank, I was a foreign exchange dealer. I was converting money for 419 people. You know, I was selling their money and I was making a lot of profit from it. When I received that I should stop it. I should stop dealing, you know, it's my job. I make it, I make my money, but a lot of spread. When I received that, I shouldn't deal with them again. Do you know what used to happen? People I don't know will call me and be begging me. We have this 500,000. Give us an account to send it to. We have this 200,000. We have this 1 million. That's how they were calling me. Before, we almost used to market to get the money to sell, to make profit. But when God said I should stop, and I was eager to stop, then I started pursuing me. IK, 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 IK everywhere. Even those who used to call me, I started calling me IK. The devil didn't want me to quit. 
Do you understand? Prosperity is spiritual. All of them. <laughs> and the Lord will prosper you. We release a season of prosperity to his church in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay, so we understand that. Let's look at another scripture, James 1. So we understand difficult times and we're not shaking. We know what they're checking. Praise God. It's not that you can't speak English. When God opens the door for you, you see that your English that you're laughing at you think is a problem. As you're saying it, they'll be smiling like this. As if you have spoken Queen's English. No, it's too much money. <laughs> James 1, okay? Uh, let's go to 2. Okay. James, a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Let's read that again. Count it all joy when you fall what? Are we in a trying season now? Say, count it all joy. It says, knowing that the testing of your faith does what? Produces patience. Okay, continue. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. What I want us to see there is that God is not desperate, he's not in, in an emergency mode to bring you out of trouble. Hello? Is that what the scripture is saying? God is not running. Ah, let me quickly bring you out. No. God is saying, I want to use this trial to manufacture something. The testing of your faith produces. The Holy Spirit arrested me with that word. He says it produces. Where do you produce something from? Without the testing of that faith, there is no production. That's how come you can see a Christian, somebody is a Christian, and you feel his light. No substance. Because he has not passed through the refining. The testing of your faith produces patience. That's first stage. Then he says, let this patience that is produced have what? It's perfect work. So that I will be what? Complete. Perfect. Lacking nothing. It means if I don't have this, I'm incomplete. Praise the Lord. Amplified of that verse 3. I think it says, creating endurance, steadfastness, leading to spirit. Okay. It said, produces endurance, leading to spiritual what? Maturity and inner peace. Can I give you another illustration of what, you know, the, the scripture is saying here? You see, maturity and inner peace. It's talking about where you are unshaken. How many of us have had an experience where something really nice is yours? What you're feeling with this thing last? You have not come to the place of inner peace and much. When God takes you through this situation, you'll be in a situation, nothing will shake you. I get in what I'm saying. You're not afraid again. There's a stability. You have done without. So that no matter what they bring now, it will shake you. You're complete. You're lacking nothing. But the other level is where you're in a perpetual state of anxiousness or anxiety. Because you're unstable. If the data, anything changes a little bit, you're rustled up. You're harassed. But it's saying, allow trials work. Let it work patience. Let patience work into perfection. When you get there, it says you, you become the kind of man that God can put a weight on. That will be your portion in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. 
He said maturity. Maturity here represents the fruit that can now be eaten. That's everything that is wanted in a man. You've gotten it. Why? Because you allowed the trials. You went through it with the right attitude. You didn't go through it trying to escape. You said, okay, is this part of it? We learn it. We master it. We perfect it. Praise the Lord, somebody. Isaiah 48, verse 10. It says, behold, I've refined you, but not as silver. I've tested you, where? In the furnace. The key thing I want us to see here is that these are all God's initiations. Do you understand? So don't think it's strange that things are difficult or things. No, don't think it's strange. Wisdom is, Lord, what are you saying? What do you want us to do? Like we learned on Sunday, the beautiful thing about all this is that he is with you inside of it. Praise the Lord. God is with you where you are. He's with us. He's with us. No matter how difficult, he's with you. You're not making a long-distance call when you tell him what you're going through. He knows exactly what you're going through. What we should now be saying is, Lord, what should be my response? And the prayer that he will always answer is, Lord, give me grace. In the name of Jesus Christ. Malachi 2 and 3. He says, who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears? For it's like a refiner's fire and like laundress soap. He said he will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi. Is he punishing them? What's he doing? Why do you purify something? To make it of more value. I read something some time ago. They said a piece of metal in its raw state. You know, um, a ton might be sold for some, uh, maybe two dollars or something like that. If it's processed into a horseshoe, then maybe a ton will fetch maybe $100. If it's processed into screws, the value keeps going on. By the time it's processed into springs for wristwatches, the same one ton will earn almost a million dollars more. What is the difference processing? Is there anybody God is processing here? Can you say to him, thank you, Jesus? He wants to f- make you more valuable. So he says, he will sit as a refiner's fire and a prefer. He will purify the sons and purge them as gold and silver. Why? That they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. It's not a waste what you're going through, sir. For someone you've been crying, don't worry, your tears are not being wasted. Praise the Lord. Your pain is not wasting. You're going to have students. God will raise people that will need that message that you experience through that period. And you will look at it and thank God for what you went through. Praise the Lord, somebody. Okay, Lamentations 3. I intended that we'll read from verse 1 down, but we may not be able to do that. But I'll just read and jump. Understanding difficulties, trials, distresses, wilderness. The prophet Jeremiah is speaking here. He says, I'm the man who has seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. He has led me and made me walk in darkness and not in light. Surely he has turned his hand against me time and time again throughout the day. He has ate my flesh and my skin and broken my bones. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and woe. He has set me in dark places like the dead of long ago. He has hurt me in so that I cannot get out. He has made my chain heavy. Even when I cry and shout, he shuts out my prayer. He has blocked out my ways, blocked my ways with hewn stone. He has made my path crooked. This is Jeremiah speaking. Now, let's jump because of time. Verse 20. Verse 20 says, my soul still remembers and sinks within me. 
Please give me the Living Bible, any other translation. Living Bible, easy to read version. We'll see what he's saying here. He says, I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Okay, any other one, maybe? Okay, the Living Bible. Okay, anyway, so he says, I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom. Now, this is where he was, okay? But something happened in 21. He said, I recall something to mind, and hope is coming. Give me any other translation, please. Any of these ones, message, living Bible. Message said, but there's one other thing I remember. And remembering, I keep a grip on hope. Give me um, the living Bible. Thank you. It says, yet there is what? One ray of hope. Let's see what this one ray of hope is. 22. It says, his compassion never ends. Can I say to somebody tonight, in that difficulty, in that dire situation, his compassion will not fail. It will not fail. In the name of Jesus. You see, do you know that the reason people commit suicide is not necessarily because of their immediate situation. It's because of their future. Hope is a precious commodity. In fact, hope is one of the most precious commodities. Everybody who has committed suicide is because they looked and they couldn't see a better tomorrow. But as believers, you can know that no matter the circumstance, no matter the situation, the mercy of the Lord has not run out. There is a lifting. There is a raising. That's why the Bible can say when men are cast down, what do we say? We are cast down with them, but we are not ordinary. So we say what? There is a lifting. We have understanding. We say God is working out something. Somebody say amen. He said, this I recall to mind. One more thing. And I say, ah! His message never ends. He it's only, we can go back to King James now. So he says, because his compassions fail not. He said, they are new what? Every morning. So this day may be ending like this. I'm expectant is coming tomorrow. Praise the Lord, somebody. Hallelujah. You know, I'll tell you another story. When we came to Abuja to, you know, when God led us from Lagos to come to Abuja to do this work, you know, we saw, what do you call it? Shege, Abi, Pepe, Shege. To the extent that we will buy this juice, for some people who have never heard the story, there's this juicy they were selling then, juicy. When we buy it, we'll dilute it till the yellow is not showing again. Juicy and bread. We'll just be managing it, managing it. This mommy, she, you see, she'll go to Wuse Market and sew berets and sew pillows. I was selling my shoes. You like my shoes now, eh? Yeah. They are market. I was selling my shoes for us to eat. Sell, not to, to eat. We'll go out, you know, to the extent that the work mommy, she got, they were using our car, you know, and then paying us over money. And we're happy because the, our car was better than the employer's car. Things were so hard. I get what I'm saying. Things were so hard. But one day, she was going to drop uh, Uche in school. And she gave a lady a ride. Maybe an angel, most likely. And the lady told her that before the end of this year, that God will so bless you that you, you won't be able to remember the time that you're in. That was 1997. By the November of that year, my birthday party, people were eating chicken like it was chin-chin. Courtesy of mommy chin. I'm telling you. 
People were eating chicken. God has so turned it around. Do you understand what I'm saying? His mercies are new what? There's a turn around coming. You're not forsaken. He's looking at, he knows every pain. He knows what you're going through. Before the end of that year, you know, everything turned around. Okay? Why? Because God is merciful. God is what? Merciful. God, he said that great is your faithfulness. 25 says, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It wasn't just that we're broke, that we're robbing us. Imagine robbing a broke man. <laughs> Let's rise on our feet. Uh, I have seen the Lord's goodness, his mercies and compassion. I have seen the Lord's goodness. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Have you seen it? You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikenao Keke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.